Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the most productive day of the week. And here they are, the most productive people on this show. Oh. Lori and Julia. Hi. Hi, Rocco. And someone has a chance to win $100 on our show today. Yesterday yes. it was Dana Hampton who won at 515. Oh, Dana, I hope you're excited because you have been entered in a chance to win a $10,000 mm-hmm. pick your prize. Mm-hmm. People, if you haven't registered yet, it's so easy to go to the App Store, download the MyTuck app. And then go ahead and register on that to be part of the $100 daily giveaway Monday through Friday. And then part of the bigger prize for the $10,000 pick your prize. I could handle a $10,000 prize. You're not eligible. So I know, just, but imagine a trip to Disney World. That would Rose, not be, no. That wouldn't be you. That but, would not. But you wouldn't for go families to would, either. families would love that. Can you imagine $10,000 to spend on a vacation? Because that you could go all out. Rosedale Shopping Mall. It's there for your taking. The more you enter, the more your opportunities are. So right. it's all at my talk. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. How about that snow? Oh, Did, was God. that a buzzkill? Didn't, didn't I what say, oh, winter buzzkill? is over. <laughs> I know. We can never say that because it always happens. But I have to admit, yesterday driving home, it was slippery. Mm-hmm. You kind of had to get right back into it again. I slid through some things. I took your advice, Lori. I watched a movie that you told oh. me about. The Sound of Metal, Rocco. You haven't Oscar seen Oscar nominated nope, movies. I know. So I've got check one done. I, I watched The Five Bloods, oh, but you that did. didn't really get a lot of Oscar buzz. No, it didn't. I mean, it had other. It had awards. a couple nominations, yeah. but nothing in a no. big category. No, I'm well, trying let, to do. You go with your okay. Sound of Metal. What do you think? First of all, Riz Ahmed, who we met in the night of. Which was such a great, I don't even know where we were. Was that on HBO? It was on HBO. Oh my gosh. That, if you've not seen a short, you know, limited series, that mm-hmm. was so great. That was probably four years ago or something. Um, but he's such a powerful actor. And The Sound of Metal is about him losing his hearing and just what that feels like, looks like, happens. And he's in a very hardcore, you know, kind of punky metal. I was, he just, he and his girlfriend are in the band. I was just blown away by it. Yeah. It was really, that's a great movie. It was a great movie. Yeah. You know? It really is. You kind of can't stop thinking about it. And we all have become so much more familiar with American Sign Language, with all the governor conferences and things that have happened. And we've had Nick, you know, doing everything. And Riz has been out there and he's been promoting it. But it really is a movie that stays with you because... um, it was so it's, powerful it, listening to someone lose their lose their hearing. Oh my gosh! And yeah. I know, like our good friend started wearing hearing aids at forty. A good friend of ours, mm-hmm. and 
they're hooked to her phone and they're hooked to everything. Yeah. And I know, you know, Ian Punnett had tinnitus. It's we just know, a great movie. It's the power of hearing. I yeah. just kept saying, would you rather be blind or lose your hearing? I mean, you kind of go through all those little scenarios, but it was just, that's such a great movie. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So good recommendation. I think everybody would look at it's on Amazon. Yeah. How about you, Rocco? What you think of The Five Bloods? I think it's all right. I um, A lot of people were saying Delroy Lindo got robbed by not getting nominated. And I think he, you saw it, right, Lori? Yeah. He is pretty great. It's a little long, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Oh and my I, gosh, I'd never make it. And I guess I didn't know how similar it is in plot line to the Bogart movie, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Even down to the guys at one point saying, we don't need no stinking badges. Yeah, yeah, that is. I guess I didn't even realize that when when I watched that movie when it came out. But uh, yeah, you got to see Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah. He was very uh, ill when he filmed that movie and he is quite... Yeah, he's and pretty great in it, and um, yeah, I'm enjoying watching it. It's a little long, and it it almost, it doesn't feel like a Spike Lee movie, really. Very different. Yeah, yeah, it's so, a different take on Vietnam. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, that is so long yeah. to me. So I'm watching it All in right. chunks. I You're actually still have about chunks. 20 minutes to go. So and yeah. then I started the other one you told us about with Punky Brewster. Oh, Kid Ninety. Oh my word, is that it's. Powerful, interesting, and the freedom people used to have before these dumb phones. You know, that comes into it because she's just carries around the video camera and no one's threatened by it. No one cares. We're never going to see these cassettes that she's making or anything. It's just such a different lifetime that people lived in before the phone, the constant everything you're always on. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I'm halfway through. Okay. I absolutely love so it. So you haven't gotten to the punky boobster part. I'm past that. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. I'm past that. And that just struck home with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. Because she just like. Overnight. Overnight. Was, went from a C to a D to a double D to an E. I only made it to a double D on my own. Yeah. Thank you. I, I didn't excel as much as she did. But really, when you just become a boob. Yeah. And you're young and you're yeah. nothing else. It's really something to deal with. Yeah. And I could relate to her. I thought it was really. I thought that. She's so likable too. I don't. I never watched Punky Brewster, and well, just, it wouldn't we, have that been, wasn't in our. It wouldn't have been our time frame no. either, because when that aired, we were going out still. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was aimed at children. Right? Yes, it was. But I mean, you know, we watched like different strokes, and we. I watched the Pre- Pre- Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I've never not that one. That one with the little Emmanuel was. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, whatever he shows, the wonder. I love shows about kids. Right. So, Bunky Brewster was like. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. 84 to 88. So that that's 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 I was never even near a TV. That was neither was I. (laughs) Yeah, it was. There too. If it wasn't on a Monday night, I didn't. We didn't know about it. I don't even know if we had one. Right. Yeah, she had that breast reduction at 16. 16. Yep. I mean, I, I know I don't want to pry. Julia was years later in life. Yes, it was. Well, not really. Well, not 20, too much later. 23. 16 well, to 23, that's a lot, Lori. But I'm just saying that I maybe think it was actually if you'd been 16 and your parents had said, okay, I, you might have jumped at it. Oh, of course. It was never an option. Yes. It was never it was an, option. an option for her because she probably had the money. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that is the most um, satisfying fine. Plastic surgery ever because mm-hmm. you just feel like you're so big and then you really if you think about the circumference around you is not that big and people I know friends who are still looking at getting it who are our age and I'm like oh getting a reduction yes and I'm like please it'll you'll you know what 
that's a lot of weight to carry on the upper part of your body. Yeah. And it hurts shoulders, it hurts back, and, and a lot of time insurance covers it. That's right. If they're big enough, mm-hmm. then uh, your insurance will pay for it. Mm-hmm. I know I have a niece who who really wants to do it, and because her back hurts so she much. She should look and into it. I mean, could, can you be a G-cup? Oh, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I just mean, no, I don't mean it that way, but I just mean, because I know your niece is little like me, short. Yes, no, they're just that absolutely. Would be, that would be really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And yes. she just like, you know, she's busy with her kids, and so she just hasn't gotten around to it. But People every time get busy. I, every time I see her, I go, you know, they'd pay for that. Yeah. Given your size and how big they are. Yeah. Oh, I know. I got to get to the doctor. Wow, that that is something I'd... Yeah, whatever. All whatever. Right. Listen, we got to go. We have to get to our story we can't get enough of. We're newly... You know, you can watch us on YouTube or whatever. We're newly YouTubed. We're new, newly YouTubed, even though we've been, you know... YouTubing for years. Yeah, YouTubing for a long time. But we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. And it is... Uh, it was the Fifty Shades of Awkward that happened last night oh. on The Bachelor, uh, both the finale and uh, after the final rose. We'll be right back. So many good stories today. We could have gone Bachelor. We could have gone Gail King's Royal Piping Hot oh. Tea. We could have uh, J-Lo. J-Lo, J-Rod. We had so many options, but we thought, let's let's go with The Bachelor yep. because uh, basically everything leading up to The Bachelor finale, we knew would happen. We knew that racist uh, Rachel was going to be the winner, that he would break Michelle's heart. Yep. I mean, I really wonder like, if a lot of people didn't even watch the two-hour finale because it was so anticlimactic. People, well, it was. Everyone, I didn't watch the finale part. I watched the after the rose part because we already knew what happened. There had been so many spoilers out there all season. It was a very difficult season. Well, it was the franchise wasn't ready for their no. first Black Bachelor, Matt James, and it's kind of unacceptable. The LA Times did a huge story and talked to multiple people who've worked on the show, including some of the the occasional women of color or men of color who would be cast. You'd always see that. But it would just be like maybe one or two, and it was always very, the women always had straight hair or a weave on, or they mm-hmm. were lighter colored. And it was always, um, you know, I guess Matt was originally part of Claire Crowley's season. But then... When they realized they had a problem with Claire, they cast him and took him out of the Bachelorette. Okay, and put him in. And that was kind of suspicious on their part because he hadn't been in it. And so you wonder if, you know, they coerced him in any way to do it or put pressure on him because they were under the pressure to put a black bachelor because it was uh, 18 seasons without it or something. Right. And then last spring, everything changed George Floyd. And all of a sudden ABC and the people at the bachelor thought, Oh, you know, we've only been getting yelled at, you know, maybe we should do something. And, um, he really, uh, I I felt bad for him. Um, on decision day, Matt did something that hasn't we haven't seen since 2014, and that's where it was basically. Uh, I promised to maybe think, think about, about falling you. in love with you right. and getting engaged, but and I that, just can't do it now. He couldn't couldn't do that, and uh, so anyway. And the after the rose special is usually live, mm-hmm. and Chris Harrison did the voiceover for the introduction, which I thought was kind of introdu- mm-hmm. kind of interesting, and Emmanuel Acho who. Uh, 
has a podcast, podcast called Uncomfortable Conversations with the Black Man and has had a book. He he was great. He, he kept was, it so real because Chris Harrison. I don't think he, anyone else could have done that. Yeah, but Chris Harrison knows yes. how to beat around the bush and yeah. never say anything of substance to get anything out. And I was so delighted to have him oh my gosh. really hit the situation head on and talk about what is right in front of us. And because um, basically Matt James broke up with Rachel, they dated, you know, through the after the filming and everything. But when all this stuff was coming out about, about all her these photos, the antebellum photos and the Confederate flag photos and, and the, the likes, mega likes and, yes, of and, different and, things. And his his line was what he said is he didn't understand. He questioned their relationship in the context of her not fully understanding her blackness, but also that he had to explain why those photos were problematic. And she didn't get it. Yeah. And so that, he said, was just so incredibly disappointing for me that you didn't see any. And you came onto the season knowing I was a black man. Right. But you didn't understand any of it. Right. And he f- was so disappointed and let down. And boy, he... The, his silences spoke Oh, volumes. it was the most uncomfortable after the rose. But yet I thought the most important conversation because... It was a conversation that we're having right now that's so uncomfortable for everybody to have, but I feel like ABC did a great job having Emmanuel host this because he knows he knows how to have the conversation. Yeah, and to me, the thing, you know, I think they did Matt James Dirty, ABC, yes, you know, the yeah. way they had his they dad threw come him out in, there, and like, they perpetuated yeah. the stereotype of the black father is not, never not available, right? But I thought that Matt's conversation... You know, with Emmanuel, who understands exactly what he was talking about, because at the beginning of the season, he said, not only do I have the pressure of finding love and finding the one, but I also have the pressure of showing how a black man moves through this world. Exactly. And um, And constantly thinking, am I looking right? Am I saying the right thing? Is my language sound? It 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 wasn't fair. Just that pressure. It wasn't fair. You felt it. You felt the burden wear on him throughout the season you really could so when they started the after roads and michelle young the minneapolis woman minnesota woman who came out she was just devastated because she had asked for a time with matt after he said you know you i'm not going to pick you you can go kind of thing and she said i just wanted him to tell me why and he refused to give her that closure he had more of a boner for Rachel, one hundred percent. It was all lust. Wanted, yeah, him to say that. I'm to so her. glad that he didn't pick her because right. she deserves somebody way better. And she's going to be. Uh, they're going to do back to back bachelorette. Bachelorettes are so much more fun than bachelors. Yeah. It's kind of what I. So Katie and, yes. and uh, Michelle came out last night in looking amazing, which is just uh, uh, fabulous. So that they're going to be the two next two bachelorettes, and Katie's going first. Her right. season's being filmed right now with. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison and Stacia and uh, I forget what the other I gals. I forget the other gals' name too. But to me, um, too, was that I thought Matt's experience is a great example of how important it is to understand the different levels of privileges that exist in our society and how people, you know, people who are white, he called we, we racial ignorance, it, but we yeah. take it. We don't even think about it. And we're like, why do people always want to talk about race? Right. Well, if you're white, you never have to think about exactly. it. Exactly. And so I thought that, um, you know, I could totally see and we could knew that he was going to end things with Rachel. And I felt bad for her. And I sense. totally felt bad for she, her. But for probably different reasons. Probably. Why did you feel bad for her? Well, first of all, she's 24 years old. Um, she is trying to take responsibility, Laura. She's 24 years old. Yeah. And is, um, you know, both Emmanuel and Matt said they don't want this cancel culture hitting her. They want her to learn from her experience. And she wants to learn from her experience. And I, I felt, call it accountability culture. Fine. I don't really go with the cancel culture. Fine. It's more accountability. I, I just, I remember how young and dumb I was at 24. And to be on a national platform, and I really thought, she did a good job last night saying, yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, well, I was- she's been working with the coach and her parents do have money. And I think the one thing that was stressed to her that would get the, you know, like she looked like she hasn't eaten in a while. Well, maybe, maybe not. But she's a, is that she was very careful not to make it be about herself. 100 which was thing, great. that was the right thing to yes. do. And she is uh, young. I, I felt sorry for her that. She got deluded, deluded herself, and no one was able to talk about all of these declarations that this She's guy was the him. love of her life. Right, but I, she I know. could relate to that, yeah. though, Lori. I could. I mean, how many times? Well, Matt's know? not getting back together with oh. her. You wouldn't even hug her. So that was the uncomfortable <laughs> thing, Marco. You would have died if you would have watched it because at the end, you know, Emmanuel said, "All right, so Rachel, this will be could this potentially could be the last time you ever see Matt again. Do you have something you want to say to him?" And she said. I just want the best for you and I love you, but I just want the best for you. And he's like, and then Emmanuel says to Matt, do you have anything you want to say for her? And he's like, nothing. He had so many silences. And then they're like, well, I do, kinda, you wanna, do you want to, you know, embrace or hug it no, out kind of? No. And they both just sat there. It was, Mm-mm. it was real. It was. Now it people was tuned out like crazy. Only 5.7 million watched the finale and another 400,000 people dropped out of watching after the rose okay and it could be i mean emmanuel acho kept warning people that the talk in the third hour would be uncomfortable maybe people took it very seriously maybe people don't want race conversation mixed in with their romantic uh audiences and um you know it could be something for sociologists to study or whatever but they lost a big Right. A big uh, part of the audience. But I think, you know, Matt needs uh, to get some therapy for his abandonment issues and fear of commitment. I would agree, too. That right. would be the thing for him right. moving forward. And I, we knew when we saw that beard, he was single. Oh, my gosh. We knew and it, he, Rocco. We were and, like, and that beard. And he kept it. I'm like, why didn't your mom tell you to trim it up? That is Damn. a single man <laughs> beard, okay? That the is I got to learn the difference. Yep. I got to learn the difference between a single man's beard. Oh, and a, there's a difference. Uh, yeah, okay. there's a difference. Looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Grooming. 
Martini. Okay. <laughs> Hey, everybody. We are so delighted. Brian Freeman, best-selling author of over 20 books, is joining us for his latest thriller called Infinite. Brian, welcome to the Low J Book Club again. Hey, it's great great to be back with you guys. I mean, Brian, (laughs) let's let's talk about, well, first give people the setup of Infinite, and then we've got a follow-up question for you. Well, this one, uh, this one is uh, is is kind of like buckle up because it's a wild ride. I had so much fun putting this book together. It's very different from anything I've written before, and yet it's also a classic Brian Freeman thriller. And it revolves around the idea in in uh, quantum mechanics that for every choice you make, you're actually making the opposite choice in a parallel universe. And so I came up with the idea of, well, what if there were a way of bridging those worlds? And, and uh, what would that look like for a man who'd, who'd gone through a terrible tragedy and was wondering if there were, uh, if there were possibilities for second chances? Oh, Dil- Dylan Moran is a, a great character. And I mean, you have published more than 20 books, and this book is different in the sense that it has that sci-fi feel to it with the parallel yes, universe. Yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit sci-fi, something I've never tried before. And, and it was really good. And I'm in the in your acknowledgments at the end of the book, share with us the story of how you were inspired to even become an author. No, to write this story. Yeah, you know, I, I have, uh, I, I've been one, I'm one of those people that's wanted to be a writer my whole life, going back to when I was uh, in grade school. And I, I can remember starting in on my first mystery novel in, in sixth grade. Uh, but one of my favorite novels in high school uh, was a book called The, the Magus by John Fowles. And it's this very unusual, mystical kind of book about this teacher who uh, uh, ends up involved in these sort of strange games on this, uh, this Greek island. And he's not sure what's real and what's not. And and uh, ever since that uh, point, I, I've, I've wanted to do a book that, that kind of takes that same approach to the world of uh, where the reader really isn't sure what's real and what's not. And, and yet coming out of it, you, you take away some real, uh, some real emotional lessons about human nature. And, and that's what I was trying to do in Infinite. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit sci-fi. It's got all the twists and turns mm-hmm. of, of my thrillers. Uh, but this is also uh, you know, a, it's a very human yep. story, a story of redemption. Yeah, yeah, it is a story of redemption, but there's still a killer. Yeah. And I remember last summer when we were just like looking for, you know, anything to talk about to distract about what this virus that was going on. And I remember scientists had discovered existence, possibly or not even possibly existence of a parallel universe. And I was like, damn, Lori wanted to talk about him like oh nonstop my gosh, because scary. it's a fascinating idea. It it is exactly. I mean, it it, uh, it I mean, it's based on a a real theory in uh, in in physics, uh, and and all those fans of the Big Bang theory can remember Sheldon talking about parallel universes. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the same approach, but this this time it's uh, uh, it's a thriller and a drama as opposed to a little bit of comedy. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it was hard. It was hard uh, to put down. And is John Foles because the way it's spelled F O W L E S? Who wrote the Magus? Is that the same guy? who wrote The Collector? He is, and The French Lieutenant's Woman. As yes, well. because I remember reading The Collector like in college, and just yeah. that book was just like, and I always wondered if that was why I lo- loved to read thrillers so much, was reading that book. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so Infinite, is the book just just I, out today? Because Julia's like on top of these uh, 
booking the authors now that she's the new Donnie for this. Is it just out? <laughs> I think it's been out for two weeks now. Okay. It's available in, in hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audio. So it's an uh, audio, it's, I know too. Yeah. How how does that work for you? Do you have any um, you know, opportunity to pick who's gonna do read your books on, you know, Audible? I do, yeah. In fact, uh, they, they usually work closely with me and, and give me suggestions about the narrators, and uh, and they send me samples uh, for possible narrators, and, and then we kind of go back and forth and, and look for just, you know, the right voice for the right book. We've got Andrew Iden doing the narration on Infinite, and this is the first time I've had him do one of my books, and, and I heard a sample of his voice, and I thought, yeah, he was just, you know, perfect for Dylan. Well, you have such a beauty, you know, you, Brian, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Brian Freeman. His new book is Infinite, and it's a page turner. It's wonderful. And you are a local man. You live right here in the cities, and you and your wife have just built this booming business. And I love how many kudos you give to your wife that she has her own Facebook page, The Author's <laughs> Wife, or something like that. I can't remember what it is, Brian. Yep, you, you, you've got it right. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're partners in this business. I love that. And then, you know, recently we, we chatted with you because you were chosen by the Robert Ludman estate to continue the Ludlum. Ludman estate to continue the Jason Bourne series and so how many have you done one or two born books i can't remember there is one book out that's the born evolution and then my second jason born book the born treachery uh comes out this summer i think it's july 27th yeah, how you, are you pumping out this you did a great job with yep. the the jason born that that book that you did last thank what, you yeah. yeah i i was thrilled with the the reaction from from robert robert ludlum fans it was picked by kirkus reviews as one of the top mysteries and thrillers of 2020 so that was that was a great great honor and and it's so much fun writing the jason born books I believe it. Uh, Tell us, Brian, because last we heard was that uh, your Lieutenant Stride series, because you have three different characters that you write uh, books for, Frost Easton, Lieutenant Stride, and is there one more? Uh, Cab Bolton's out there as well, and then I've got a bunch of standalones. So, yeah, they're they're keeping me hopping. They are. So the last we talked to you was that the Lieutenant Stride books were were optioned maybe by AMC and possibly uh, getting to be filmed in Duluth, which is where uh, Detective or Lieutenant Stride lives. Is there an update on that? Well, watch this space. You know, I mean, with Hollywood, you, you never know what quite what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, but uh, the, the next exciting news is we've got some great, you know, great interest uh, in Hollywood on a, on a possible movie for Infinite, too. So there's a lot of uh, a flurry of interest, they say, over in, in L.A. And, and this is such a visual book. Uh, in fact, I, I had originally thought of it possibly as a as, as a screenplay, and then I adapted it into uh, into a novel. So um, it did it did make me think of the first season of uh, Altered States. Oh, interesting. If you saw that sci-fi show, I can't remember what where I, that was streaming. might have been Netflix. Because um, that was going back and forth between two parallel universe universes and chasing, you know, being chased by a bad man and, you know, kind of all of that. And it was such good TV. Yeah, and I, you know, I love the idea that that Dylan is is sort of confronting other versions of himself, and and you know, there's a wonderful symbolism with the fact that he's made a lot of mistakes in life, and and so he's he's essentially confronting uh, the, some of these bad choices and uh, and trying to overcome them by dealing with these doppelgangers in parallel universes. Yeah, and then you end you... with quite a little twist, Brian. <laughs> I was just there's, like, there's always, there's always that one last little uh, twist at the end of my books. I was just like, what? You know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know what to think. 
because it it just said it made you think about it. I mean, would you, Brian, if you had an opportunity to go to your alternate universe, would you do well, it? I think I'm pretty happy with yeah. the universe I'm in right now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what how I felt about it too. I thought that's mm-hmm. really you're really. I, the only people I could see really doing it would be people who'd had something really traumatic, traumatic, tragic. They lost a child or, you know, something really bad. Yeah, and that's and that's what Dylan faces. Yes. I mean, he starts the book in, in the wake of this terrible tragedy mm-hmm. and, and has to confront a lot of the things he's done wrong in life. Uh, but at, at the same time, he also has to decide whether the, whether the mistakes he made are also the things that define who he is. Yeah, I know. It's, now, how are people getting a hold of you? Are you doing any, um, you know, virtual book stuff, or where do you like people to go to keep up with you? Uh, yeah, they can find me uh, pretty well anywhere online. My website is bfreemanbooks.com. That's all one word, bfreemanbooks.com. Uh, and whenever I do virtual events, I'll post them out on the web page as well. Uh, and then they can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash bfreemanfans, uh, mm-hmm. bfreemanfans. Uh, and I love hearing from readers. I, I love it when they post on my page or send me emails. Uh, that, uh, uh, that, that's part of the fun of the author business is, uh, is, is hearing the, the role that books play in people. Lives. You yeah. are such a great writer. Mm-hmm. You are such a great author. And, and, and now toggling back and forth between Jason Bourne and your other books, is that hard to do? Are you excited about it? Um, was you there know, a lot of pressure I, yeah, this year? I really, I, I love the diversity of things I'm able to do right now. I mean, I've got, you know, a book like Infinite. I've got the Stride series in Duluth. I've, I've got the Jason Bourne series. They're all so, so very different that it's hard to put one down. But then when I pick the next one up, it's, it's, you know, such different stories and characters that that really gets me energized about turning to the next project. You're so good. All right, so we always ask, what's the, I know you don't have a lot of free time on your hands, Brian, because you're always writing. What's the last great book or, that you think, outside of yours, that you read? You know, yeah, I, I, I read a terrific book uh, by V.E. Schwab, The Invisible oh. Life of Abby. Oh. If, yeah, it's just, a, just an amazing novel. We, we had loved her on that in like book. December. We loved that book. Wasn't yeah. that fun? Yeah, and I, I listened to the audio edition with Julia Whalen doing the narration, and she does a, just a superb job. I did, too. Yeah, because that, was... that is such a, like, on surface, you go, oh. okay, it's, you know, the story sounds so yep. cuckoo, but it really is this magical story. Yeah, that... and I'm never going to be able to hear the devil's voice in anyone other than oh. Julia Whalen. <laughs> oh, that was that was a great book. That was such a different book. We're just... Yeah, about making a yes. pact with the devil. Right. And, yes. You know, yes. that's kind of a more of a magical type of a... Fantasy drama, yeah. but yeah, that was a very rich story. She's a great author. Um, Brian, will you get a hold of us when your next Jason, Bourne's uh, Jason come Bourne comes out this this summer, so we can talk to you? I will. That's the the good thing about being uh, busy in in the writing biz is it seems like uh, every few months I've got a new book coming out, so I I love the chance to be able to talk about it. Yeah, well, well, you are a great writer. The book is infinite. Thanks for making time for us today. Thank you. Thank we appreciate you. it. We've oh, got Brian. two copies to give away, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Hanging out with us on this Tuesday. If you're CBS, you've got upside and downside. On the downside, there's the literal unraveling of the talk that's happening, the plunge in Grammy ratings. But on the other side, on the upside, the ratings from the television event of the year Oprah's interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are a huge win. 
And they have established themselves as the network with the most up-to-date coverage because uh, Gail King talks to Oprah and now we have fresh piping hot tea delivered to us by Gail King this morning about what is going on. Who has Harry? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Talk to blah, blah, blah. So let's turn over to Gail. I did actually call them to see how they were feeling. And it's mm-hmm. true. Harry has talked to his brother and he has talked to his father, too. Uh, the word I was given was that the, those conversations were not productive, but they are glad that they have at least started a conversation. And I think what is still upsetting to them is the the palace keeps saying they want to work it out privately, but yet they believe these, these false stories are coming out that are very disparaging against Meghan still. No one is in the royal family has talked to Meghan yet uh, at this particular time. And I think it's frustrating for them to see that it's a racial conversation about the royal family when all they wanted all along was for the royals to intervene and tell the press to stop with the unfair inaccurate false stories that definitely have a racial slant and until you can acknowledge that i think it's going to be hard to move forward but they both want to move forward with this and they both want you know they want healing in this family at the end of the day that is harry's family okay so we learn that harry only harry has spoken to prince charles and prince william things are still tense yeah and because it was described as not productive by Harry mm-hmm. to Gail. And this is a family, but Megan continues to be treated as an outsider. Yep. And, and Gail made sure to point that out. Uh, go ahead and play the second part. No word as to whether the palace is investigating what Megan said about the mental health, the reaching out for mental health, or the racist language that was used. But they are investigating it, the bullying, bullying accusations, is, and apparently the Sussexes have not been invited to, or not expected to be part of that investigation themselves? That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're learning. Yeah. That's another thing. You know, the bullying thing was raised you know, in 2018, and now there's an ongoing investigation about bullying for Meghan Markle. When yeah. anyone who's worked with her will tell you exactly who she is. You know, she's really a very sweet, caring person. And as I say, Meghan has documents to back up everything that she said on Oprah's interview. Mm. Everything. If anyone were interested in looking at them, maybe the palace would get somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, the former first lady, that's Michelle Obama, was that just is asked about this. Some mm-hmm. piping hot tea, okay? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that Harry was probably really like, you guys really don't get it. And the fact that no one has picked up the phone and called Megan, who's very pregnant. Very And pregnant. is the one who felt... Like she was so miserable, she didn't want to live anymore. Um, She's the one that has been looked down upon because she's got a black mother and a white father. So she's biracial. So you can't have our sweet Prince Harry. And Harry's like, you guys don't get it. I love her. We're a family. We're having children. I don't know any other way to get your attention. And, 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 And it's also, she. I think... Gail, when she the, the the abuse is ongoing by the fact that they haven't talked to her because, I mean, 
You're trying to say they're interested in figuring out if Megan was bullying. Basically, Megan has told them every which way, go ahead and investigate. I got receipts on everybody. Exactly. And everything. And even, you know, the main newspapers are having to pay them for false stories that they printed. So it's all there. It's very much they're um, stuck in their old ways. And they think um, like they're the only one who can delegitimize their that that Megan's claims of racist treatment. Then racism won't exist in the Windsor family or or the British media. It's just it's kind of mind boggling. They need to actually hire a firm to help them that's outside of it. management outside of their team outside of the British media outside of that because now there are business. starting to be rumblings more and more rumblings okay why don't you investigate prince andrew and all the heinous thing why mm-hmm. are we paying why why is he on the the monarchy dime right he's wanted by the fbi to speak with them and you know he doesn't have to do that so anyway that's it's it's strange to me that they keep Trying to smear that, well, Megan was a bully, so she deserved this treatment. Exactly. It, it's really weird. And then well, over- if, if it was, if you think about your family member and you marry someone you love and no one gets along with, because they, they're looking down yeah. on her because she's biracial right. and, and American and, a, and an actress and a divorcee. That I mean, was even less because was, because there have right. been so many divorces in the royal family now. It's not the stain it used to be, but all these other things. She's black, it, she's it American, just, she's an actress. So many times it's just pick up the phone and apologize and, and heal. I mean, you and, watch The Crown. How many apologies do you see? Uh, did you see Charles give Diana for the way she was treated? Not a one. Did anyone? Not a one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No wonder Harry could watch The Crown more easily than deal with his uh, real life family. So I mean, I just have to look at CBS every morning now. Well, they're to they're, get the updates, right, and then over on CBS, the talk is literally unraveling okay, okay, so in front of our eyes. And so we're hearing all these things about Sharon Osbourne that she has been a racist, used racist and homophobic slurs forever on the set. Holly Robinson Pete told us that like eight years ago, right? That she called her ghetto, ghetto. to ghetto to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Julie Chen, 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 excuse me. She'd call her wanton. This is from Leah Remini. This is from Leah Remini, where she had very racial words to describe Julie Chen. Terrible. She had sexual words to describe Sarah Gilbert. She is. She. I'm telling you, they all these these things are all coming out because the investigation. They're talking to former talk show hosts and. I hope they offer Marie Osmond. I mean, the other gal that was on the show, the Elaine Welteroth, she she is new, like in mm-hmm. January, and she's an author, and she I think she's an actress. Tons of sources are talking. She no, but Sharon, she is no. the one that went to CBS. Mm-hmm. She and her stylist to HR and said, "We don't feel comfortable at all the racial insensitivity that's going on," and that happened after. Sharon Osbourne demanded that Cheryl Underwood, a black woman, define racism for Sharon Osbourne in her defense of Pierce Morgan. It was just so, so just unbelievable. Do you think she'll be able to last? It was her complaint that started CBS doing that. Cheryl Underwood didn't say anything. She just tried to keep her calm. And 
Sharon Osbourne, I think she knows she's getting her fired. Her publicist, yeah. Howard Bregman, is going out on the defense. She's uh, apparently that whole story about that she was blindsided by CBS producers. That wasn't true. They talked about the segment. She, she's very involved. That show could benefit from Sharon going and bringing Marie Osmond back and putting her as the first person to comment on everything. She was so terrific on that show. And the talk, I know... Uh, I loved quite it when a few Marie people. was on. Yeah, my I my, my I watched it because Maria. Yeah, Osmond my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. He used to love it. Oh, Marie brought fresh light. You know, so Sharon has really, really been. And and like I said, I mean, last Thursday I watched the show after this thing, and it was the tension was so thick. Right. Everybody right. just had their wooden faces on. Right. And Sharon got to go first, like she always does in all the topics and. She's had a ton of power there on that show. Yes, for a she long is. Time and, she's the longest yep. uh, talk show host. So, yep. anyway, and of course, she's, uh, you know, I hate when people act like victims when they're the ones who are being racist. There you go, Lori. Talk well, show, Karen. Say, I think she's going. And it won't be too. a cancel culture called accountability culture. All right, there you go. There you go. Thanks. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone.